0: FBI Director James Comey resurrects the encryption bypass debate, and security flaws put some 900 million mobile devices at risk. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We'll get to the report on the encryption debate later in this program. But we begin today's report with word that some 900 million Android mobile devices are at risk because of vulnerabilities related to chipsets manufactured by Qualcomm. At risk are devices from numerous mobile device makers, including HTC, LG, Motorola, and Samsung. To dissect these latest exposures to computing devices, I'm joined by Data Breach Today Executive Editor Matt Schwartz. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eric. These vulnerabilities are being dubbed Quadrouter. What's the story behind Quadrooter?
1: The quad is in reference to four separate flaws, any of which could be exploited to gain root access to Android devices. Root access means you could do anything to or on the device. For example, you could steal data, or you could even bypass the encryption used in encrypted messaging apps. Checkpoint says this alerted
0: Qualcomm and Android operating system developer Google in April. What do those companies say about Quadrooter?
1: Qualcomm has confirmed the flaw and released fixes in the software that it also releases with its chipsets. Now, that software is taken by manufacturers who build the devices and mobile phone providers who customize the operating system running on their Android devices. So they take the software from Qualcomm and they include it in their customized build of Android. Google also puts out its own Android devices, which use a vanilla version, and that can be updated directly from Google. Google has updated the Android operating system, and at some point in the future, anyone who repackages that operating system, such as mobile phone providers, will theoretically include these fixes.
0: Why does it take so long to get device manufacturers to patch these vulnerabilities?
1: The Android ecosystem is quite fragmented compared with Apple, which provides support for a certain number of devices for a certain period of time, all using the same operating system. Android has become quite fragmented. You've got the vanilla version from Google, which is what a lot of security experts recommend if you're going to have an Android device that you use. The benefit of that is when Android updates the operating system pretty quickly, any device that's running the vanilla version of Android and which is still supported will get an update. The problem comes in that a lot of manufacturers of smartphones and tablets and a lot of mobile phone and tablet providers create a customized version of Android that'll have a look and feel that looks like the mobile phone provider, for example. In order to get the updates, they have got to create a new client build, test it, and roll it out to customers. The problem is that there's not a huge financial incentive for them to do that once you've bought your device. And what we've seen is that many, although not all, of the organizations that customize Android fail to update it in a timely manner.
0: Should organizations that have employees and other stakeholders who access their services via Android devices be concerned?
1: I would be. There have been a number of really high-profile flaws that have come to light on Android devices. In general, some are updating their devices in a timely manner. But in the enterprise sphere, I would think very strongly about using mobile device management software that can ascertain what flaws might be on the device, help lock it down, and if it's unable to lock it down, block the device from accessing enterprise resources. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Eric. Imagine email scammers who live and work in West
0: Africa. Who are they? Not older, church-going family men, right? Well, as ISMG Managing Editor for Security and Technology Jeremy Kirk reports, it's dicey
2: making such an assumption. Business email compromise scams have caused billions in losses. The attackers get inside the email systems of companies and do careful reconnaissance, looking for business-to-business transactions where they can intervene. If two companies are about to make a deal, the scammers use their inside access to modify invoice details and direct payments into accounts they control. When the computer security company SecureWorks began studying email fraud schemes out of West Africa, the profiles of one particular group surprised them. Instead of young adults working out of cyber cafes, they were older, deeply religious men working at home. The profiles were a departure from how many West African email scammers have presented themselves on social media, posing with cars and bundles of cash. Instead, these scammers have Bible quotes on their desktop, Joe Stewart, Director of Malware Research at SecureWorks, said the people orchestrating the scams were a surprise.
0: These guys are older family men. They are very low-key about how they're making a living. They appear well off in their their pictures on social media, but they're never uh, being
2: flashy about it. The FBI has repeatedly warned that business email compromise attacks are causing devastating losses to businesses. In April, the agency said at least $2.3 billion have been reported lost worldwide over the last three years, comprising nearly 18,000 victims. SecureWorks gained deep insight into one of the business email compromise scams because of a big mistake by its ringleader, Mr. X. James Fetchy, an InfoSec research advisor with SecureWorks, explains.
0: We noticed that among the victims, were screenshots of the operator. The operator had infected himself with his own malware. I guess they don't really know how their malware works. He he was uploading screenshots every few minutes at his desktop. So we were able to determine that he was actually the ringleader of a BEC operation.
2: There are, however, some easy defenses to reduce an organization's exposure to this kind of attack. All organizations should be using two-factor authentication on email accounts. Another best practice is to closely examine wire transfer details, especially for large transactions. It's also good to pick up the phone with the other party to confirm the details, a practice that would route around attackers lurking inside email accounts. Administrators should also watch out for new rules set up in email accounts that divert messages to other domains. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're
0: listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The exasperation expressed by FBI Director James Comey continues to grow over the inability of law enforcement to access encrypted computing devices. Comey spoke at the American Bar Association's annual conference in San Francisco late last week, and he said the FBI couldn't access 650 of 5,000 electronic devices agents tried to search over the past 10 months because they were encrypted, and the problem just gets worse. Comey told the lawyers that the FBI is amassing data to present to the public in 2017 to spark a national conversation over giving law enforcement the tools to bypass encryption to gain access to a criminal's or terrorist's mobile device. It's a point he made in the past, such as testimony he delivered to Congress earlier this year. The tools you are counting on us to use to keep you safe are becoming less and less effective. It is not our job to tell the American people how to resolve that problem. The FBI is not some alien force imposed upon America from Mars. We are owned by the American people. We only use the tools that are given to us under the law. And so our job is simply to tell people there is a problem. Everybody should care about it. Everybody should want to understand if there are warrant-proof spaces in American life, what does that mean, and what are the costs of that, and how do we think about that? The fact that the FBI should be able to get a court order to access encrypted data on a suspect's device isn't the issue here. Of course, the ability to search a home or a car or a smartphone with a warrant is desirable. But as far as computing devices, it can't be done effectively. It's not a question of law, but one of technology. Top cryptographic experts say if you give law enforcement a way to circumvent encryption, then criminals and terrorists will figure out a way to exploit that, and we gain access to those devices too. Here's cryptographer Bruce Schneier.
1: You know, there's no such thing as a computer whose operations are different if a court order is within five feet of the computer. I I can't do that. That doesn't exist. I can't build that securely. We can't have a world where the good guys can spy and the bad guys can't. All we can get is a world where everyone can spy or nobody can spy.
0: Comey documenting more instances where criminal investigations stalled because a failure to gain access to mobile devices won't resolve the problem. The new information the FBI collects might persuade Congress to enact a law to require vendors to provide an encryption bypass, but that will make Americans safer. It would weaken their privacy and place them at greater risk as the bad guys decipher ways to crack encryption. Finally, the U.S. government has received from forfeitures 2,719 bitcoins, and the U.S. Marshall Service plans to auction off the cryptocurrency. At current exchange rates, those bitcoins are worth $1.6 million. To qualify to bid, individuals must fork up $100,000 as a deposit to participate in the auction. Bidders must register by August 18th and submit a single secret bid by August 22nd. The Marshall Service says it'll notify the highest bidder later that day. The winner has until 2 p.m. Eastern time on August 23rd to arrange a wire transfer of the funds to a U.S. bank. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.